So anyway, so, I mean, as I say, who knows? You look well. No. (laughs) I'm just saying it because it's so cold outside. You're going to walk out that front door and this icy blast is going to go in your face and hit you. It's freezing. Have you got a thermal on? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm well protected. Yes, I heard that. But anyway, I just asked about the thermal. Anyway, anything else? You know, as I say, it's another programme, I should imagine. Chris is back with you tomorrow morning on LBC. It's nice to be company. Welcome along to the... It really is cold this morning. I, I did notice that. I walked out and our garden fountain has stopped working, which I'm not happy about. So I had to phone Lynn yesterday, my co-director, and say the garden... Because when I come out, I can hear it in the morning. And it's a sheet of water. It's a... It's a, it's a, it's a um, a big, tall piece of chrome, and the water runs down it in a shit. And it's lovely, but it's just stopped working. So, of course, I'm, I'm used to hearing, you know, it's like tinnitus. You're used to hearing that buzzing in your ears. I'm used to hearing the fountain. So I walked out and I phoned Lynn and I went, the fountain stopped working. She went, oh, no, because she's like that. She <laughs> used to be Brian. And um, so she, uh, she went, oh, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're sorted out today. We've got fire alarm drill today. And then all the, fu- oh, so I'm just, and I walk out this morning and it's bitter. But I've got a new scarf. And I showed it to the producer, and of course, as usual, very dismissive. How much are you paying for that? You know. I said, it's on HP terms. It was, it was, it was expensive, a scarf's go, scarf's go, but every year I buy loads of scarves. I love scarves. I've got a thing about scarves. I don't know why. I never used to wear them. And I now get them all from this little shop in Richmond, run by a friend of mine who just... He does Omid Jalili's clothes. Remember I told you about that? And uh, Omid Jalili goes there and gets all his suits. So I go there and get scarves, because I can't afford the suits. It's tiny. The shop is half the size of this studio. Paul Saver is here. It's Thursday. Good morning. You have a little uh, little dusting out your area this morning? No, I thought we did. Oh. But um, I, I turned the lights on in the garden because I looked out and it was all sparkling. So very, very heavy frost. Isn't it pretty, though? I, you, know, you know, when you say you turn the lights on in the garden, we have lights on in our garden as well, on, on the walls, down yes. lighters and up lighters. And it's for the sake of what, I mean, they're only six quid each, but they look really pretty. Yes. And when you've got an old hoary frost out there and you come out in the morning and it's, Everything just looks pretty. It crunches. When you walk across the garden, it crunches. I love it. I like the lights in the square. The lights in the square are really pretty. Yes. Nobody's going to go... I've got lights on the wall as well. Oh, have you? Floodlights as well. Oh. Yes, he does live in a mansion. They're going up the drive as well. So you can do the the lawn at midnight. Fell in the moat twice, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it reminds me, years ago, my, my parents had a dinner party, and the house we lived in in Yorkshire was at the end of a long lane... And our house was right at the end of it. Very old house, built, I think, in about 1820 or something. I can't remember what it was, anyway. Uh, but when my parents had this dinner party, so loads of places to park, and he lined the drive, this little lane, with um, jam jars painted with a nightlight inside. How lovely. And it looked really pretty. You know, for, for a week, we were all painting bloody jam jars, you know, blue and red and green. And then the little nightlight in them... And it looked really pretty down the now drive. Now know where you get it from. I get it from that. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Do you think you do get it from that? Oh, sure. Sure. All our likes and dislikes are, are kind of instilled in us when we're, um, yeah. when we're young. Well, I like Apart that. Apart from alcohol. Yes. Well, actually, strangely enough, my parents did, did surround themselves with alcohol because of dinner parties. <laughs> Probably because of you. <laughs> Probably because of me. My parents drank because of me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Although, <laughs> strangely, I can always remember going down after they'd had a dinner party and you could still smell cigar smoke... Uh, because people, and you could hear them, I, I remember lying in bed, and you could hear this sort of, mm, downstairs, bumblebees or something. The anyway, hubbub. The hubbub of people downstairs, and you could smell cigarettes and cigars. Eesh. I know, funny, but it, it, it just, it just sort of just struck me then, when you talked about that frost on the garden. Mm. And I thought, I remember looking at that, and it was pitch dark, 
and you, you light the garden, and it's just that frost, and you look at it and you think, God, it's fantastic. That's right. Where I, where I live, you know yourself, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No street lighting or anything like no. that. The stars this morning were just beautiful. My neighbour does that. Occasionally goes out onto the patio with a huge telescope. I don't go that far. I just go out and look and think, oh... Aren't we insignificant? Yes, aren't we just? Aren't we just? But not on this programme, and you're not insignificant. Well, some of you are. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to be caring this morning. Well, there's no point in telling you all you're all special, because half of you aren't. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't special listening to it. They've just opted in, because... No, not everybody's special, Amanda. They're not specialists. No point in like You see, she'd be on the, on the X Factor. Oh, you're very special. Am I really? No, you're not. It's like Wayne Rooney. Is he special, leaving Man United? No, he's a greedy so-and-so. As I said yesterday, you'd be a fool to turn down the money. Yes, it's lack of ambition. At, yes. Uh, Man- was it Manchester United? Is what yes. You I don't even know Could that. go to Man City, they're saying. Yes. Could go to Man City. For a lot more money, it yeah, seems. Yeah, for a quarter of a million pounds a week. Yes. I couldn't care less. You know, put it this way, he's, he's obviously not happy with the wife because he has to go and cheat on her a few times. So, I mean, I, I'm not bothered. He well, wants to spend that money. Because he has to scrape by on 90,000 a week. That is a problem, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Although, the funniest picture in the paper today is of Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole unveiling her waxworks at Madame Tussauds. Nobody, of course, going to Madame Tussauds because they're all tourists will have the faintest idea who she is. They seem to be doing a lot of kind of... Naff people. Naff people and nobody. They did Russell Brand. Yes. Uh, didn't look like Russell Didn't Brand. look like Russell Brand. But uh, have you ever seen any of them close up? Yes. Any of the waxwork. Yes. Some of them look really quite uncanny. Oh, some of them are unbelievable. They've almost got stubble and hair mm. and it's well, really... they have. They have. They, they, I expect they them actually... to move. I saw Anton Deck and Alan Titchmarsh at um, Olympia. No, not at Earl's Court a few years ago. And I looked at it and I was half expecting them to then go, boo! In which case I was prepared for a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> the Cheryl Cole one looks good. Mm. Except it hasn't got her latest tattoo on the back of her legs. Oh, they can add that. Once a bikey, always a bikey, I've always said. You know, it's dreadful, because I believe she does exercise quite a lot, so that's good news, isn't it? But uh, apart from that, you had a nice week? Yes, lovely, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> working like hell, but there we are. I know, it's good, though, isn't it? It's it is. work good. It's good to be kept busy. I was talking... I had to go to a trainee doctor session the other day. Well, I'm the guinea pig. A trainee doctor? No, I'm the guinea pig at my local surgery, where I get... People are thinking in year two or three of medical training, and they sit down with me and they talk about my illness. It's, it's only because you want to show off with those <laughs> those things that are open at the back. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny. He said to me, he said, he said you're, you're very uh, positive about your illness, being as it's a chronic illness. I said, I'm absolutely positive about it. I said, what else can you do? I've got a programme where, mm. where you talk about things like that. Yes. I don't have any problem talking about being diabetic. No, I know. Or having stents or anything like that. I love it. I love having an illness. He seemed quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't know about loving having an illness. Well, I mean, well, it's, at least it's nice to know you've got something, isn't it? It is. In life. Anyway, Paul has our first Chinese story of the oh, day. Lord, you want a Chinese story? Well, I... You see, there wasn't a Chinese story. Oh, stop. Really? Hang on a minute. Did Here you not are. have Chinese stories there today? Is a Chinese story. Okay. Strangely enough. A Chinese city staged a vinegar drinking competition as part of its bid to attract more tourists. Organisers of the contest in eastern China said it was also aimed at promoting the health benefits of drinking vinegar. Contestants were lined up and had to drink three 375 milliliter bottles of local vinegar, <sighs> one after the other, according to the Yangtze Evening Post. Do you see how far I go for these stories? The Yangtze. Yes. 
Um, first, they had to undergo medical checks to ensure they did not suffer from high blood pressure, heart disease, or mental illness. <laughs> Local resident Li Yu Jin won the final event <laughs> by drinking his three bottles in only 28 seconds. <laughs> I kept telling myself it's not vinegar, but sour honey water, he said. This is the way I can drink it so quickly. Spokesman for the local Hen Shui Vinegar Company <laughs> said, We wanted to organise this event, as a lot of people don't realise that drinking a little vinegar on a daily basis is good for their health. Apparently so. Apparently it's good for losing weight. Yeah. Right, that's it. Apple vinegar. Oh. So that's um, why pickled onions are good for you, then? Because they've got vinegar there. I mean, I've never that's actually true. drunk... That's honey and vinegar. <laughs> I've never actually drunk vinegar by itself. I have heard it's got benefits. Oh, I don't know. I've had a few bottles of wine that tasted <laughs> a bit like that. Cheap wine, ladies and gentlemen. Cheap no, wine. No, no, I don't do cheap wine. <laughs> well, after the, the turnaround yesterday... Uh, the man who rolled back the state, George Osborne, attempting to to go with this historic, I mean, just decimation of everything, budget savage, jobs axe, budget slashed, coalition reversing, 60 years of remorseless rising public spending and a huge economic risk. risk. And then all you get in the papers today is there's another benefit uh, woman in there. Mm. She manages to scrape through on £3,500 a month. She looks perfectly capable of working. There must be something these people can do. I'm sick to death of reading people going, oh, well, you know, it's actually better for me not to work and just take the benefits. No, it's actually better if you get off your arse, dear, and get out there and do something. Mm. I just cannot understand why somebody would not want to work. Well, because they can earn more money. Well, earn is probably not the right word, but they can make more money by not working than they can by working. Well, then take the money want. away from them, then we get them out well, working. I, I do think that this government is in the process of that. Well, it's it's slow. Well, yes, but these things take time. But they have said that they will uh, will make it more profitable for people to work than not work. Yeah. And, well, it's, it's uh, ridiculous. You know, I have to agree with that sentiment. I'm afraid. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I, I did watch the programme the other day on the television, and I mentioned it the other day, and it's called, I think Sky are running it, and it's obviously an ongoing thing called Immigration Services. And they went out again the other day. Stratford East is fairly popular, and they can stand there by the side of the, the road, wearing their fluorescent jackets. People going to the station, they can pick out somebody who they think doesn't have a visa to work here. Oh, yes. Yes, and I saw it. I, it, I mean, I find it fascinating. Anyway, they pick up, again, another seven people yesterday. And these people lie through their teeth. They stand there and blatantly lie. And us being terribly... You know, if this was Russia, these people would have taken out and shot. You know, over here, we go, well, do you have a passport? No. Where is it? Don't have one. Well, yeah. where, where, where do you think it is? Is it your sis at your sister's place? So they go around to the sister's place. He then shouts through the letterbox, don't open the door, it's immigration. <laughs> <laughs> and then he stands there and they go, listen, I'm not really prepared to, to let you go, but you have to report back to the police station tomorrow and every week. Yeah, that course. was the last they saw any of them. They just dis <laughs> They've all got warrants. There must be hundreds of warrants out for people who are here illegally working. Why are we so stupid believing that people will do this? I don't know. Do you know, we even say to somebody, right, we're, we're actually going to deport you. Would you like to head yourself back to the airport? <laughs> How stupid that are has we? Happened. Of course, and they don't turn up. And they go, well, they haven't turned up, you know. <laughs> and we it's go, of British course people. they haven't turned up because you know it's easier to thieve from the system, and it's so easy to do it. I'm thinking of doing it myself. Quarter past five. <laughs>
These are the headlines. The £81 billion spending cuts may not be enough to meet targets to get rid of Britain's state deficit within four years. The Institute for Fiscal Studies claims further tax rises or deeper spending cuts may be needed. A man's gone to hospital with life-threatening threatening injuries after falling from an Odeon cinema in Leicester Square. Police found him in Panton Street at about three o'clock this morning. Residents in Tower Hamlets will vote later in a mayoral election, which has sparked controversy in the Labour Party. The party sacked its initial candidate, Lutfer Rahman, only for him to stand as an independent with the backing of several Labour councillors. Let's have a check on the uh, state of the roads. Jay Louise. Your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Still trying to work out where we're going next week. Most of you, uh, we had a couple of people, Bridget yesterday and Noreen, uh, have worked out that Amanda and I are going abroad to uh, record an in conversation. Amanda's going as well. Sadly, yes. Yay! Yes. Sadly, I yes. Well I know. I pull that one off. Exactly. That's what I want to know. All I've had, <laughs> all I have for two for days it. is her, you know, oh, she'll be leaning across me. She'll be doing that kind of. You know, she said to me, she said, you'll really get to know me. Well, I thought, no, I bloody well won't. I don't want any of that. I know what she's like. She'll be sort of hanging onto my arm, things like that, and say, can I carry your luggage for you and do all this kind of bit, you know? Because luckily I, I travel light because I'm a seasoned traveller. But, uh, oh, no, sitting next to her on the plane. She thinks we're sitting next to each other. We're not. I've paid extra for business. And um, so, so <laughs> she'll be down with baggage. And, uh, or fa- failing that, we can In the overhead locker. In the overhead locker, exactly. <laughs> you can stretch out there and go to sleep. I have been training her to wear a red jacket because we're flying Virgin. I've said, OK, just stand up and go, should I put that in the overhead locker for you? But, of course, you know damn well she can't blooming well reach it, so there's, there's no point. But, we, but we, we're going to have this all... I've just got this feeling all the way there. Chat, chat. She said to me, oh, I've got so many stories to tell you. I thought, I'm t- I've already been to the doctors and I've got my sleeping tablets. I walk up the stairs to the plane. Tablet out. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah. I'm not... Yes, we'll have all the time there in separate rooms. I'm not even telling her which hotel I'm in. I'm having Why none of this. I hope it is separate rooms. Because we had this, I had this dream the other night Goodness that I was me. standing there naked in front of the mirror in the room and the door halfway down my room opens and we've got adjoining rooms and she's walked through. <laughs> and she's in one of those see-through negligee things. I'm probably ill. <laughs> and the interview never gets done. Uh, I'm not dreaming about it. These are nightmares. Not, don't ever think I'm dreaming about it. Don't start that one. Go on, blimey. Uh, now, don't forget, this coming Sunday is the Lady Rattling's Ball. Uh, they're going to be raising a lot of money for charity. It's their masked ball. I'm going with Barbara Windsor. And Anita Dobson's going to be there. And they've got um, uh, lovely Graham Cole and Bryn Williams and I Tom O'Connor. Do you know, I haven't got a mask yet. I'm not sure if I should go out and get one. Well, I've got some lovely Venetian masks. Oh, have you? Yeah, if you fancy one of those. Thanks not. Uh, Anyway, if you fancy going, they've got some tables open to, in inverted commas, members of the public. And this is going to be early Sunday evening. I think it's about five o'clock for sort of sit-down quarter to six. There'll be cabaret and speeches, and it'll be really nice. So if you've never been to one of these, and I know a lot of LBC listeners went to the last time they opened it up to the public, it's got a website, which is www.golr.co.uk. golr.co.uk. So if you want to go this Sunday to the Lady Rattling's Masks Ball at the Royal Lancaster Hotel, Hyde Park, I'm the Rattling's sweetheart. Quite like that idea. Do you know who died? Graham Cowden died. Crowden. Who's Graham? Graham Exactly. You you might not know him. He's a character actor, but he was in... Oh, crikey. You'll have to Google him. He was in that um, thing with Stephanie... 
what's it, where they play two old people in a home, and he played the, uh, the love interest. You'll, you'll, he, he, he played the original part of Nunton Oddstock in the episode Nunton at 70. You'll know it. When, when, you, when you Google him, Graham Crowden, uh, C-R-O-W-D-N, he was in Keeping Up Appearances. He was in all he was in all sorts of things. Oh, not not the husband. No, he wasn't the husband. No. no, no, no. But you'll know him because he was one of those character actors who popped up all over the place. But he actually died. He was eighty-seven. Blimey, that's a good evening. Eighty-seven. But I think the last time was with Stephanie Cole. I think it was Stephanie Cole, and they were in an old people's home, and I can't remember what it, Blinking Hell it was called, but it was lovely. It was really lovely. Paul um, Paul Dunford told me that. Oh, the... yes, I recognise him. You recognise him. As soon as you see him... Yes, he's, he was on loads and loads, loads of and loads of things. But again, when you say his name, he doesn't... People d- don't register until you actually Google him and then you look at the picture of that man there, look. Remember... Oh, he wasn't in Keeping Up Appearances. No, he wasn't in Keeping Up Appearances. She no, started. She started. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, she's really started this Oh, morning. we can tell you what he was in. What was he in? Like. Go on. He, he was in... What was the Stephanie Cole thing? You're this only thing, young... This thing's steam-driven. You have to... Oh, is it? Oh, blimey. Barbara's written in to say, like you, she says, I'm special. No, you're not. Waiting for God. Waiting for God, that was it. Uh, Waiting for God. Spend, very peculiar practice. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who. Oh, right. Um, Cold. Decoy porridge, Christmas special. Oh. Quite a few things. He's, he's been around a lot, hasn't he? The, the thing that I recognise him from is the amazing Mr. Blunden. Was he in that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, he was oh, the... yes. Oh. And Calendar Girls. I don't remember that. I remember the amazing Mr. Blunden. He was, he was the one who took them to the house, was he? Uh, yes, yes. He yes, a much younger version. Oh, I love well, the amazing was, Mr. Blunden. Of course, he was a lot younger version. Yeah, but strange enough, Lynn, Lynn Frederick in that was playing a teenager. Yeah, but Lynn Frederick was playing a teenager, <laughs> and she wasn't. She was in her thirties. Yes, which was interesting. Um, Steve, the charity shops have Christmas cards in. I've had them in for the last month. John Lewis have got their Christmas stock out. Good. Well, they're, they're late because Harrods and Selfridges have had it up for ages. Costco have had it, practically putting it away now. <laughs> yes. And so also Costco got are my... on Easter. Yes. Costco, well, they've, all, they've got all their Christmas. Most of it's sold. Most of it's sold. Hmm. So let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. You're not, I'm afraid. So we've had hundreds of people doing it already. Uh, so there you go. So you know, we don't do nice. We don't do nice. <laughs> Scrawny woman next door. I'll tell you, wait till you get on that plane, I tell you. I'll, I'll have a word with the stewardesses. I'll say, listen, she's got Tourette's. Is it possible we can move her somewhere else? <laughs> 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 she's liable to let fly. <laughs> She'll let fly. Of course, the one thing that you have to do, of course, you know this, don't you? If you're vegetarian, you've got to order your option. In advance. Because I don't want her sitting there having to pick the meat off and sort of drop it on the floor surreptitiously. Oh, dead animal here on my plate, she'll be going. We'll have all that malarkey. Um, Steve, never let it be said that I feel sorry for myself or even lose my sense of humour. But fell downstairs at station last night. Came home via hospital, strapped up, only to find my car had been broken into. Oh, dear. Oh, what do they call you, Lucky? Can you imagine? You fall down the stairs at station and then the car's broken into. Actually, I got my car broken into in Greenwich. A few years ago. Really? They only left my Des O'Connor CDs on the back seat, the swine. They never took them. And I'd left them there That's deliberately. That's why you left them on the back seat, hoping they were going to be I love Des pinched. O'Connor. Dick-a-dum-dum-a-dick-a-dum-dum. dick-a-dum-dum-a-dick-a-dum-dum. Mm, dick-a-dum-dum-a-dick-a-dum-dum. Anyway, he well, says, you've never let me down. Lyrics. Put a smile on my face. Well, we'll certainly do that this morning, if we can, on the programme. Although, from, from what the government are telling us, not going to be many smiles around. We'll have to tighten our belts. There's Wayne Rooney worrying about things like that. Oh, and the winner... <laughs> 
of the £113 million has come forward. It has been paid into their account, and they're deciding whether they want publicity. I wouldn't. Uh, my advice would be not either. Mm. But the champagne is ready. Camelot say they have been. The ticket's been verified. The questions now will be, why has it taken two weeks? They've missed out on £100,000 worth of interest, but I mean, well, who cares? Strangely <laughs> enough, strangely enough, one of the stories I got this morning was about somebody throwing away the ticket. You move your microphone near you. You're getting further and further oh, away. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, Amanda. She's Sorry. very bossy this, this morning. Very bossy, aren't and, um, Yes. <coughs> oh, right. Um... Yes, the, the, about a hubby binning the, uh, the £113 yes. million pound lottery ticket in Coventry. Yeah, we don't believe that. We believe that just some pensioner on Wincarness right. who's had one of, the, of those away. moments. <laughs> because she said, I always come home and give him the ticket. I thought, well, you're stupid then, aren't you? Don't give him the ticket. Because he binned a £10 one the other week. This, uh, but th- this person hasn't decided whether or not to come forward. The advice is, though, don't really. You know, you, you're going to be the target for all sorts of loonies. You know what it's like. If anybody's got money, yeah. I get it constantly from people. You've got a tenner, you know, things like that. That's right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> this is not a tenner. Bad news. Quid. Uh, going to I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Gail Porter. God, how boring. They've actually said the lads mag favourite about 30 years ago. Gail Porter's not been a lads mag favourite for donkey's years. And even then it was highly suspect whether or not she was actually a favourite. I've never heard anybody go, poor Gail Porter. Never. Never, ever, ever. And, and I mean that quite sincerely. What's the point of making, you know, a story up about somebody which is absolute garbage? She was projected onto the side of the House of Commons. She's about two foot tall, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying you can't be a sex thimble, you know, if you want to be a sex thimble, like Dudley Moore. <laughs> but to be honest with you, she was never a lad's mag favourite. She went in them, but nobody, they'd flick over the pages. Oh, God, Gail Porter again. And apparently going out with Lizzie Cundy, the dreary, self-proclaimed wag. Another boring person, I'm afraid. God, that's two drearies. God, it's hardly, there's no reason worth watching, is there? No reason at all. Well, you know, the, the strange thing is that people that don't, you don't expect to come through on this programme do. But the idea of going on is you want to know something about them. I know too much about Gail Porter. <laughs> she's, on, she's on every bloody television programme. I don't want to see her on that as well. She's boring. She's got nothing to say for herself. She's very dreary. So she lost her hair. So we're going to have to relive that moment again, are we? If, of course, she's going... Or it might be just made up, because we have a mutual friend, Paul and I, who also claims that he's going out to the jungle. We certainly do. Yeah. Now, whether that materialises, I don't know. I mentioned it to Christo, and he said, really? So, you know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Always interesting. OK, what we'll do, we'll take, um, we'll take a, a short uh, break for the, uh, the news. Oh, and guess who's quitting? I couldn't tell you at the time, because she told us off my... But Beverly Callard has quit Coronation Street. Now, she's done this before. Last time she had a break, and then she went back after five years. I have a sneaking feeling she's, uh, she's doing a lot of loose women at the moment. She enjoys that, but she could be back. The producer's quite mad. She's either drinking or something. She just said to me a minute ago, just we come back, we get... She's coming back. Oh, by the way, Big Ben's freezing. I thought, well, you know, little Brian's out there and he's none too warm either. Why we should worry about Big Ben? I've got no idea. He's got better things to worry about. That is ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Why should we care? No, we don't. <laughs> but for those of you worrying at the moment, Big Ben's freezing, OK? Little Abdul round the corner, he's quite cold. You know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I tell you, I'm now I'm, I'm going to have to get angry, just briefly, because I'm sick to death of drink drivers... I, I don't know about you, but they cause accidents on the road in court. 
the other day is uh, little cheeky chappy Paul Gascoigne. Oh. Four times over the limit. Four times. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's... And, and, the, and the police, uh, the, uh, the magistrate said, we're considering a custodial sentence. To be honest with you, I wouldn't even consider it. I'd just throw him in prison. Because, there's, you know, we did it for George Michael. Let's do it for Paul Gascoigne. Let's teach these stupid people that you cannot drink and get behind the wheel of a car. Because he's very, very lucky, the same as George Michael, that they didn't kill anybody. Because mm. if they'd killed somebody, he'd be looking at manslaughter. So as far as I'm concerned, chuck him in prison, let him bloody stay in there. The man's an idiot. Four times the legal limit. Obviously couldn't give a damn whether he kills anybody on the roads. Quite clearly not interested. Otherwise, you don't get behind the wheel of a car. I know what drink does to you. I've had drinks before. You know, I know that it makes you feel big and brave. But on the other hand, it doesn't make Big Ben feel any warmer, does it? No. So, you know, perhaps if he'd had a couple of drinks out there, he'd be feeling a bit warmer. So as far as I'm concerned, lock Paul Gascoigne up. But my tweet question this morning is, if you won the £113 million on the lottery, or any sum of money that's over sort of a few million, would you go public? What would be the advice? I, I would probably not, but I would think it would probably creep out eventually. You know, I'd probably turn up with another <laughs> with another scarf or something. Another <laughs> scarf. So if you won the £113 million on the lottery, would you go public? 84850, or you can tweet me, LBC973. I like that idea. Or it's steve at lbc.co.uk. Would you go public with £113 million? Paul Savory would not. No way. No. But, but then you see, it wouldn't make any difference to your life, would it? <laughs> He lives in that lifestyle anyway. Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and yes, it would. Would it make a lot of difference? Yeah. What would you do? Move to oh. a bigger house? No, no, Well, no. there you go. All right, so you would, you've got 113 million. You're not moving to a bigger house. Another car? Well, I wouldn't spend it. You wouldn't? No. You, what you would you do with it? From 113 million, the interest we calculated the other day... Yes. I think was £9,000 a day. Yes, yes. So why would you want to spend it? If you can't live on £9,000 a day, Wayne Rooney can't, it seems, but... I know, you know, I it, know. It, um, <laughs> wouldn't you want to buy... You wouldn't want to buy a big house, big mansion? No. Oh, right, oh. No, I'm perfectly content where I am. Yes. Probably do good things with it. Oh, that'd be and, nice. I'd and, do that. Um, you know, with the interest, of course. Yeah. I'd keep the principal there, earning money for everybody. I'd go mental. I would absolutely go absolutely barmy bonkers. No change for you, then? No change for... I would. I mean, I, I would absolutely be very generous with people. I would do my bit for charity, absolutely. Mm. There would be no hesitation at all. The charitable money would be would be there. Yeah, well, you know I have a pet charity anyway that I, I, yeah. I, I support. I, I, I wouldn't it's... give to beggars. I don't give to people begging on the street, going, have you got the price of a cup of tea? No, I haven't. You know, I work for a living and you're perfectly capable of doing something. But I would give to some of the big charities that do, you know, medical research and things like that. Yes, and, and if any of the papers had a thing going, I would give to that. That's right. I agree. There you go, you see? We'd all be very, very good indeed. What would you do? What would you do if you won the £113 million? Would you go public or would you not? 84850, LBC973 is the tweet, or steve at uk. Susan Boyle. Mm-hmm. Mad as a brush. Mm-hmm. Turned up on the uh, Oprah Winfrey show. Did they to, know she was coming? <laughs> to plug her book. Oh, yes. To plug her book where the she book. talks about uh, being bullied at school. She claims that she was... Uh, her, her clothes were burnt. Yes, but she's also claimed she's written the book. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yes, I'm sorry. She says that people tried to trip me up. I felt everyone hated me. No, just at school, dear. Because you're, you're balmy. You're mad. And and so she was on the show. And what the papers have done today, they've taken clips from the from the programme and found all her funny faces. 
because you know she makes funny faces and they've put them down as a montage like an Andy Warhol thing as if to prove, you know, Oprah comes face to face with Subo and so you've got these looking a bit peculiar. <laughs> you know when she danced with the broom at Heathrow Airport, one of those kind of faces. They do do it. And they... Well, the trouble is they shouldn't put her up on these shows. They really shouldn't put her up on these shows. We've said before, when she lost to diversity, they had to... Ant and Deck were nearly pushing her off the stage because she started lifting up her skirts and doing a little dance for Simon and doing the wiggling of the hips thing. And I thought, no, dear, I'm really sorry. You are what we know you are. But they shouldn't put her up on these things. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's not fair on her. She's a very, very simple person. And I mean that in a nice, caring sort of way. She's not somebody who's meant to deal with with the world of show business. That's why she danced with the broom at Heathrow Airport. It's a very cruel business. It is a cruel business. You've got to be cruel to be kind, but, um, you know... Do you know what they're actually doing now at a place called Feasters? No. Classic codfish finger sandwiches. That sounds good. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? Could eat a a codfish finger sandwich now. It's the only fish you do, isn't it, is fish fingers. And scampi. And scampi, yeah. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? Why is that? I don't know. Is it the the crispy coating? It probably is, not Yeah, (laughs) she says I've got the palate of a five-year-old. I know. See what you're eating on them. don't like sprouts. I love sprouts. I had some sprouts the other night. They've been (laughs) steamed for so long that when I I took them out of the pan, they dissolved. (laughs) It was fabulous. Suck them through a straw. Do you know, you could have done. You could have done. sprout soup. You know, we've actually had sprout vodka. Uh, Julie yeah, P's good yes. night. That sprout vodka. Whoa, it's lovely. She got squiffy on it. She only had two little. She was, a bit like that. I've recently discovered apple vodka with lemonade. Oh, that. Oh, I can't oh. do lemonade. Oh, it's lovely. I, I, I like ice cold drinks, but not lemonade. It's too too sweet for me now. Mm. Too sweet. I had to go to the doctors yesterday because I'm used as a guinea pig in the uh, the local doctor surgery when they bring in trainee medical students. So medical students who are training to be doctors in their second or third years, and they sit down and talk to me about my illness. And then before I'd gone in, because they were late turning up so they got caught in traffic, uh, they, they were saying in the, in the surgery, the girls were saying, and I said, have you had your flu jab? I said, no, not yet. Within five minutes, I'm in, it's flu jab done. So I've had my flu jab now. Good for you. It's got uh, the, um, the bird flu in it this year as well. Oh, was it? Oh, lovely. Just what I need. Well, Anthony's not at all well. Poor Anthony Davis. I mean, he, he came back, he was here yesterday, he didn't think he should have been here, and now he's off for a couple of days, so we he wish him... He was right. <laughs> he was right, actually. He wasn't, he wasn't wrong at all, poor soul. Uh, very interesting, Paul Stretford. Go on, tell me who Paul Stretford is. Not a clue. Do you know who Paul Stretford is, Amanda? I'll give you a clue. He's made a lot of money out of Wayne Rooney, and he's about to make a load more. He's his agent. He's his agent. And in Brian Reed's column today... He says, he made a killing moving Wayne Rooney away from Everton. Looks like making an even bigger killing moving him away from Man United. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke, he said. A bloke so nice, he was described in a court case over his ownership of Rooney as an unreliable witness. Banned by the FA from acting as an agent for nine months and fined £300,000. As the dad of an ex-girlfriend who was big in toilet rolls once said to me, there's a lot of money in... Anyway, so... (laughs) Moving on to other stories in the papers. There's a lot of landlords going bust at the moment and being kicked out of their pubs. The pubs seem to make money out of them, and then when they fall behind with the rent, whoosh, out they go. And the case is highlighted by um, the story of Enterprise Inns, Britain's biggest and most controversial pub company. And some poor woman here who took on a pub, the rent, £36,000 a year. She had to spend seventy grand putting money in, they've never, ever made a profit on the thing. So two years later, 
as she's now sleeping on friends' sofas. Uh, she's being chased for £23,000 by the pub owner's lawyers, uh, including £8,000 for dilapidations, whatever that is. Uh, but she's now lost £70,000 in fixtures and fittings, and there's £10,000 in damage caused by a former tenant who was handed another bill. So she owes all this money, she's been kicked out. And this is happening all the time, where greedy pub owners push people, and they go, you know, they've had it for ten years, and she said, why didn't anybody tell us it wasn't going to make any money? <laughs> so she's out now, poor soul. Yeah. £36,000 a year rent. You've got to buy the beer from the brewery at inflated prices. Small wonder so many landlords go out there and start buying it themselves, because how can you make money? The only people who make money are the breweries. And then when they kick one landlord out, they put somebody else in. Of course they do. We have it in, in Twickenham, you know, with a lovely little pub called The Fox. The brewery hiked the rent up. It was doing very nicely. The landlord, sadly, Tom got behind with the rent. They kick him out. They put another landlord in. It's been empty ever since. And you think, you're not going to make the 100000 a year that they want on the rent. It ain't going to happen. It mm-hmm. really isn't. And they do everything. They're too greedy and they shoot themselves in the Absolutely. foot every time. Absolutely. Dreadful. Paul. Steve. Two baby monkeys have been appointed station masters of a Japanese railway station. Oh. Nehemi and Rakan have started working at Hojo Machi Station in a bid to attract more visitors to the line. The monkeys, aged seven months and three months, were dressed in blue uniforms made from traditional local fabrics, complete with mini hats. The pair were formally appointed station masters and special city residents by the local mayor and now go on duty at the station located on the Hojo Cho line. The what? The, the Hojo Cho line. The Hojo Cho. I've been on it many times. Oh, it's lovely. The uh, monkeys belong to a re- local resident who proposed the unusual arrangement in order to help revive the fortunes of financially troubled railway line. It's not for the first time in Japan that animals have been found, uh, found themselves at the helm of a railway station. Tama, the tortoiseshell cat, is famous in Japan as a long-standing station master of Kishi Station. Oh, nice story. And then they are with their little hats oh. on. Oh, <laughs> I don't really approve of dressing animals up, but they do look quite cute. Uh, still to come, the story of the man who decided to do the meet-and-greet service at Gatwick Airport only to discover while he was away that they'd rented his car out to somebody else who was driving it around, and he only knew when he got back, because there were documentation on the back seat. The company offered him £500 compensation. He took it to Watchdog, and he's now got £2,500. They said it was a slight cock-up. If you're renting a car in Cyprus, beware of paying in this country. And if you ever bought a personalised number plate from a company called reg4vehicles.co.uk or r4v.co.uk. It's run from Leicester. They don't kind of deliver the plates. They take the money, but don't deliver the plates. All of these and more warnings come to you courtesy of the Mirror this morning from Penman and Summerlad. And don't forget... We want to know, if you won the £113 million on the lottery, as somebody has done, I'm so happy for them. I couldn't be happier, really. I wish them the very best of health. Uh, would you go public? 84850 or LBC 973. Would you go public? I mean, there are lots of upsides and probably quite a few downsides, but what would you do? Would you go public or not? Let me know now, as it's 16 minutes to six. 
These are the headlines you're waking up to. An economic think tank says the Chancellor's £81 billion worth of spending cuts may not be enough to clear the budget deficit within four years. The Institute for Fiscal Studies says they'll have a regressive effect hitting the poor harder. A man's gone to hospital with life-threatening injuries after falling from a building in Leicester Square. Police found him in Panton Street at about three o'clock. And the internet retailer eBay has reported better-than-expected profits. The firm has posted a net profit of £270 million in the third quarter. That's up 22% on the same period last year. Let's have a check on the state of the roads and look at those pretty lights out of Leicester Square in the middle with the fun fair. And it's oh. gorgeous. But nobody will go on the rides with me. Not even Jay Louise <laughs> said she'd get up there on the top of that big swinging thing. No way. Have you seen that? It yeah. Is scary. Fab. Never. Never. Furry. Available now at lbc.co.uk. So if you're thinking of buying a personalised number plate, beware. Catherine Gregory thought she'd found the perfect birthday present for a hubby she bought him a personalized car number plate for 900 quid from registrations for vehicles which trades online as reg4 the number four vehicles.co.uk and r4v.co.uk that was in december last year the number plate hasn't arrived and she can't get a refund this lot is run from leicester by rakesh verma his offices promised an explanation to the mirror but they've heard nothing which maybe isn't surprising because last december Creditors applied to the High Court to have the company shut down. It has unpaid county court judgments for two and a half thousand, one and a half thousand, and nearly two thousand pounds. So, not much chance there, I'm afraid. But beware! The website of the car hire firm suncar.co.uk uh, boasts 24 7. Well, judging by the many failed attempts to contact the firm by the mirror, they don't answer the phone, they don't reply to emails 24 hours a day or even seven days a week. In fact, they just take your money. They wanted to speak to Suncar on behalf of Esther Tompkins from Wigan, who paid 150 quid to hire a car in Cyprus. When she arrived on holiday, there was no sign of the motor and she had to hire one from another firm. Martin J from Chigwell paid them £214 for a car for his break in Turkey. At Dalaman Airport, I was greeted by a man who said he was from the car hire company and said, have you got the money? I said, it's already been paid. And he said, no, 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 we've heard this before. No, no money, no car. Jerry Shea paid Suncar £148 in advance of his holiday in Portugal. He, too, was expected to pay again when he landed at Faro. The online support is always down and you can't get through using the telephone helpline. We know, Jerry, say the mirror, we know. So, just be warned. But the other one was the, was the company who were, who were sort of um, parking your cars. And one at Gatwick, meet and greet. The bloke puts his car in there. It's a Saab, I think. Anyway, he goes off on his flight, comes back. And the only reason he knows that somebody's used his car while he's been away. It's because of somebody else's paperwork on the back seat. And it turns out that some of these car companies are not as honest as you might think. Sometimes they just park them in council car parks. They take your money. Sometimes, in one case, the poor company deposited the car. An 18-year-old decided to take it for a spin down the motorway and smashed it up. And he wasn't insured. So, be warned. You know, only go to a, a reputable company. You really, do, you know, you've got to do, uh, got to do things like that. Uh, if I won the 113 million, says JJ, I'd never go public because that's just seeking unnecessary attention. Exactly. Can you imagine really annoying everybody? It's bad enough being a benefit fraudster, you know, boasting about how little work you do and how much money you get. Uh, Tasha says, uh, wouldn't tell close family and friends. I would, would tell, but not the papers. Family and friends are told the papers. That's the truth. They would. Somebody, if I told people around here, there'd be a couple of people in this building, in our office, who'd be on the phone straight away to somebody going, I know who the winner is. In fact, I can name a person immediately 
who, who would be the first one to tell the newspapers, you know who it is, you know who would be the first one to tell the newspapers who it was, you know. Uh, I'd rather have money without fame. No, no. Uh, try again, try again. First initial, yes. No, no, no. First initial was right. First initial was right. I'd rather have money without fame. No, no. Go on, blimey, you're hopeless on this one, aren't you? Who'd be the f- Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> uh, I would rather have money without fame than you get to enjoy without the prying eyes of the media. <laughs> Absolutely no chance, Steve, of me going public. All my friends will suddenly come out of the woodwork. Oh, you imagine all the friends you'd then have. I've got 113 million. Have you now? Have you now? <laughs> Can we tarmac your drive? Uh, 380,000. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, you'd be frightened to tell people in case they just added money. To the, uh, to the bill. Uh, D says, once I'd left the country, I'd go public. My friends would know I'd buy a flat in Manhattan and one on Naxos, give enough to a good charity to make a difference, and then relax. No way to fame. It's a dangerous game, but I'd like the money. And Gary says, I wouldn't go public if I won the money. What would you do? What would you do? 84850 or LBC973, if you're tweeting, would you go public if you won the 113 million? Because that's what they're toying with at the moment. Oh, Cox. Uh, you get six for a pound. I've just noticed, actually. That seems quite good value, isn't it? A six-pack of Cox apples, and they've got vine-ripened tomatoes and oranges, and satsumas are big business at the moment. They are. Actually, somebody showed me the one the other day, and we were guessing on what sort of apple it was. And I'm actually quite... I thought it was a russet, because I love russet apples. They've got that sort of... that lovely colouring, and really, really nice. And, uh, and they're good for you. Uh, Mark says, It's a bit chilly this morning. It is, isn't it? There is, I mean, it, it can't be far away from a, a frost on the ground, you know. Steve, a friend of mine got caught drink driving for the third time, so they stuck him in Belmarsh for three months. Scared the life out of him. I'm not surprised. I think, I'm sorry, but I think they have to do that to, I mean, four times over the limit for Paul Gascoigne. He's quite clearly not going to learn his lesson, and I think that you have to, you have to sort of teach these people. They're exactly the same as you and I, I'm afraid. In 1949, the minute hand on Big Ben refused to move. Not because it was cold, but for the, for the weight of the starlings roosting on it. Does Amanda exist, says Glenn. I never saw her at Hornchurch. No, she wasn't there, actually. She wasn't there. She thinks she was there, but she wasn't. Mentally, physically, she was elsewhere in her mind. And she was wandering off with the pixies that day. She said she met lots of people in the car park. Because she was what she was doing. She going, would I just park here? Let me park. If you reverse into here, she's offering the Amanda car parking service. She, she likes to be helpful. Sign, sign picture of Steve Allen. Pound, pa, 50 pence? Tw- tw- would you like it free? Thank you. You know, that kind of stuff. I'll pay you to take it away. I'll pay you to take it away. Uh, Kerry Katona was out modelling this week. My God, Kerry, you're looking really ancient recently. I know you've had your hair cut, and, uh, but you're looking, it's, that haircut has really made you look old. And then it's got a picture of your mother and two friends in the front row at the fashion thing. Oh, my God. Not surprised you didn't talk to her for years, love. I've never actually seen a woman with tattoos that are borderline her face. I mean, I, I didn't really think it, it, it was possible. But, uh, but there you go. It is. Paul. Steve. <clears throat> this will warm the cockles. Oh, lovely. A thief who stole the laptop of a university professor later returned the contents on a USB memory stick. The oh. professor who teaches at Umeå University in Sweden was devastated when ten years of work stored on his laptop was stolen. But a week after the theft, the entire contents of his laptop were posted to him on a USB stick. I'm very happy, he said. This story makes me feel that there's hope for humanity yet. Oh. The unnamed professor 
uh, left his bag containing the laptop hidden behind a door in his apartment stairwell while he went into the building's laundry room. When he emerged a short time later, the bag had gone. It was returned shortly after, but without the laptop. The backpack was there again, with all the papers, calendar and credit cards. It was just the computer that was missing. However, a week after the theft, the professor received a USB stick containing all the documents which would have taken several hours to download. He said, it's my life. I've documented everything in it that has happened in the last ten years and beyond. Often when people lose their computers and cameras, it's understandably not the gadget itself that is most important. Oh, doesn't that restore your faith? You know, in, well, a in human... Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't restore your face if, uh, faith if you're uh, Lisa Taplin. Lisa Taplin goes out to the park with her uh, little boy Dylan, and they were feeding the ducks. You know, la 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 la, and la 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 la, because she sings. And yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> and and this man comes up in a fluorescent jacket and goes, "Excuse me, would you mind not feeding the ducks? White bread is not good for them." And she goes, <laughs> and he said, "No, we've been told white bread is like uh, to ducks is like feeding kids chips every day." And all the experts have said exactly the same. Don't feed ducks. You want to come around our way? All the barmies in Twickenham, go out there and empty bagfuls, bagfuls oh. of bread. You know, that, I mean, our, our ducks and pigeons get fed about ten times a day. Mm. Small wonder sometimes the pigeons sit there holding their stomachs go, no more, I couldn't eat another... Th- you haven't got any... Have you got pizza? Have you, got you know, that... <laughs> we <laughs> because, have a pigeon, oh. a, a wood pigeon, oh, yeah. that flies in every time that we put anything on the bird table and sits there until everything has gone. Yes, that they're a bit like dogs, they just keep eating... But it's only the one. The others come in, have a little bit and fly off again. This one stays and eats the blooming lot. We can't believe it. You should never really... If if you are putting uh, something out for sort of tits outside, then what you should do is do like Blue Peter do and make it in a yoghurt carton with nuts. Get get, get your nuts and put them in the yoghurt carton and then get some fat... You know, if, if you've had bacon in the morning... He watches if, too much television. I know. I'll do, and, and put a piece of string through it, and then you make this thing, and then hang it up outside. But remember to put water on the bird table. They need water. They're not particularly bothered about the food. Food they can find anywhere with all these ghastly fast food places. But St- Steve Allen and his, and his uh, legendary feeding of the tits, I mean, is something which people talk about in hushed tones. But do put water out. But remember, on a cold morning, break the ice on the top. Because they, they, they can't break it with their little well, beaks. Well, there is another solution. What? Gin. Gin. Oh, yes, put a bit of gin in there and it doesn't freeze. No, all gin. Oh, all gin. <laughs> Drunk birds falling off the bird table. We're all going to Paul's house. Whee! <laughs> Imagine that. It could be quite funny, actually. No, what do you have to put in there? Do you have to put something in a pond? It's a tennis ball. So that when the water freezes, you just take the tennis ball out and they've got air. And then it freezes again. And then it freezes again. So about, I think about <laughs> you, anyway. No, a heater. Ray, Ray and Balham had four pubs Did back he? in 1985. He said, we saw the writing on the wall, turnover beginning to drop, and the landlords, the greedy brewers, kept putting the rents up. That, along with all the other soaring overheads, caused us to sell up and move to our house in Spain, where we lived for ten years until Viv had the, had the accident. But that's what they do. If a pub does well, the greedy landlords shove your rent up. You've got to buy your booze, in many cases now, from them at inflated price. Small wonder there's a huge black market in a lot of brewers, a, a lot of publicans, going out and buying their own booze in the cash and carries and selling it mm-hmm. on the optics. It's the only way you make money. It's just, it's just ridiculous now that they obviously don't care. And that's why you see so many pubs that close down. They couldn't care less, the brewers, because once it's had its day as a pub, 
They sell it and it's turned into flats. So either way, they win. We're the ones who lose. Morning, team. Thursday morning in London town, and it's a cold morning. Very, very cold morning outside, so uh, wrap up warm. Just There might be a little bit of ice on some uh, untreated suburban roads. I say untreated because, as per usual, local councils will not be prepared for this cold snap, but it's noticeable. When you walk out of town, you will notice it. So uh, just take a bit of care. And some of the pavements might be a little bit slippy, but it's not... I mean, I, I walked through earlier on. With the impending time. cuts, are we going to get the, sh- the salt this year? <laughs> well, sugar? strangely <laughs> enough, the company that owns the salt mine have said that the councils have placed their orders, but it's up to the councils to get the orders in in plenty of time. Mm. And if you don't, then you probably won't get... You. We've got a huge place down the road from me where it's like a barn full of the salt. Yes. yes but yes. To, me, to me, I know they, they put it on the roads, but it just makes the car filthy. I know. It really adds this orange. Whatever Do you know what it is. I hate is driving behind a gritter. Oh, I know. I really dislike. <laughs> that. Yes. Well, I'm just having my, my my car's in the garage. Actually, I'm hoping today, Jerry, that uh, <laughs> it it might be be ready. Peter and Peter's wife and Peter's mother-in-law and everybody else who knows me, because it, I haven't had the car since last week now. I'm having a couple of little bits and pieces done, including the windscreen wipers, and I'm hoping I watch the guy doing the leather the last time mm. I went in there, where they take the seats out to do them. Well, yes. Be, well, I didn't. I thought they just did it in situ. I mean, um, daft well, am I. That would be very difficult. It would it? be difficult, yeah. But anyway, so that hopefully it'll be ready to, today or tomorrow, because I need it for the weekend. Because my brother's girlfriend went out in a new car the other day, had an accident, done a nose in, smashed the car up, done all sorts of things. Oh, dear. Because we were going to go out Christmas shopping on Saturday. A little bit early, I realise, but you've, you've got to get in quick. Now, I mentioned that Graham... Uh, Crowden had died, and if, if you Google him, you'll you'll find a lovely actor, really, really lovely actor. We'll have a chat to Roger Foss in about five minutes' time. Uh, he's been to see Flashdance. Yes, he 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 didn't he didn't like it actually, and it's very rare. Oh, what a spoiler. Well, it's very ra- well I know, but it's, he said he he wasn't actually sort of um, uh, as up to it as he thought he was. But it, it's interesting that uh, he very rarely dislikes a show, Roger. He's actually very positive about a lot of things. Even if he doesn't like it, he'll find something about it that he does like. Snow in Inverness. Pictures in the mail today of a lovely lady in the snow. And it just just warms the cockles of your heart for mm. a bit of snow. I know you don't like it. No. And I think it's horrible. Uh, Dave in South East 22 says, you said yesterday we were going to L.A., he says, I reckon you've been invited out there to take your world-renowned radio show to the American listeners. Wherever you're going for, whatever you're going for, beware. The US authorities may not be keen to grant entry, even to a great star such as yourself, <laughs> if he's accompanied by an Oriental who dresses like a Mexican. I, there is this problem getting her through customs the other end. Now, what I've done is, and, you know, call me generous and warm-hearted, but I've designed a piece of luggage that she can fit in. It's a bit like a travelling commode. And so, and it zips all the way round her, and it, it fits her, her perfectly. Airtight. It's airtight. So she might not be breathing the other end. But anyway, I'm, I'm giving it a whirl at Heathrow this year. So if you see somebody pulling a rather strange-looking piece of luggage, it'll be me, OK? And she'll be in it on, on, the, um, on the thing inside. Uh, Noreen says, in conversation in Vegas. No, 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 L.A., L.A. And she says, will you be doing Sunday the 31st of October? Now I can't remember. When are we... 
No, we won't. That's when we're away. We're away, so we should be, all things being equal, we've got a meeting today, we should be away Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then back on Tuesday. So you're in Los Angeles for Halloween. Oh, Halloween no, is a yes, huge things in, uh, thing in Los Angeles. Go to West Hollywood. Oh, I'm not on, going out with her. No, no, go to West no, because Hollywood. she'll be trick-or-treated. Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> Halloween. Great. Absolutely great. Everybody really? dresses up as a big party. Oh, yeah. right. Must go. You must go. Oh, right. Well, yeah, yeah because well, she, she can dress up. Yes, I can dress I'm not taking her out. It'll yes, look like me and E.T., won't it? E.T., phone home, phone home, phone home. And then she'll fall over. We'll have that embarrassment. <laughs> oh, that, I've never thought about that. The Americans are huge into Halloween. Oh, yes, uh, and they really, really celebrate it. Oh... It's going to be so much fun, isn't it? I'm staying in that night. Another, another sleeping tablet. No, no, tablet. go, go. You must experience it. It's, it's really? so much fun. Well, we're yeah. going to take loads of photos, then we'll put them up on the website of our our trip. It's not horrible. It's all... It's Even all Warren says, yes, West Hollywood on Halloween is amazing. There you go. Even Warren. Perhaps I can leave her there. Perhaps, a, perhaps we can trade her in for something. Who knows? Perhaps a car or something. Uh, anyway, so we'll let you know about that nearer the time. We, I'll, I'll tell you next week who, who we're going to go and talk to. Over there, it's a bit exciting. Everybody I've 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 told it to, they've gone, oh my god, you know, it's it's the kind of thing I've always wanted to do, but never actually had the opportunity. So it's it's going to be quite exciting. I'm not really sure how I'm going to react. You've never been to LA. Yes, I've been to LA. Yes, but I haven't talked to this person before. All oh, right. So I'm, mm-hmm. and she, she's never been to LA. Oh, Amanda, it's wonderful. And Warren says, "Wait a minute, pumpkin pie? No, thank <laughs> you." And I tell you why. Oh no! I'll I tell never you why. No pumpkin pie. Because Paul had a Thanksgiving dinner at his house when he was living in uh, in London, and we had pump. It was horrible. It was horrid, horrid, horrid. I didn't make it. I made the rest of the dinner. <laughs> it was but awful. Not that. You're so right, Warren. I'd, uh, well, I didn't like it. We all had a te- an Alan Dodge and uh, ooh, no. well, it was. And I've got a tin of pumpkin pie mix. <laughs> I gave it to you as a souvenir. Gave it to me as a souvenir. Yeah, it's not the same. If you have no. it over there, it, it, it's not bad at all. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Actually, I'm, to be honest with you, I don't mind the American food. I'm, I'm quite good with it, provided you're careful, because it's so easy to be enormous in about five minutes, because they've got no idea the size of a portion. But we'll, we'll tell you more about that. Um, have you got a quickie, Paul, for us, just uh-huh. before we do the news at quarter past? Quickie, 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 quickie. quickie. Oh, Here we are. A Chinese man says he's trained his pet goat to perform tricks and to act as a guard dog at his home. 20-month-old goat will fight off stray dogs to protect his home in southwest China. He claims the animal even makes sure he answers his telephone whenever he leaves it around the house and doesn't hear it ring. It's really smart, he told the West China City Daily. It loves to dance with me and it can shake hands with visitors. And whenever it hears my mobile phone ring, it turns, it runs up to me, puts its four legs on my arms... And bars non-stop until I answer it. There you go. There's hope for all of us. I was more intrigued the other day by a story that appeared in the paper. Calvin McKenzie has um, not alluded to it. I'm amazed that none of the papers picked up on it. There's a story here. What's got 100 feet and no teeth? Pass. Answer, it's the front row of a Cliff Richard concert. And the other question was that there were some items that came up the other day for auction from the craze, including a letter that Cliff Richard had written to one of the craze in prison. And not one of the papers picked up on this, that the, the, that Cliff Richard had written to one of the craze. And I kept thinking to myself, what on earth would Cliff Richard write to one of the craze in prison? I was intrigued by this. 
And I'm sure you are as well. And I'm sure that the papers will be contacting Cliff to go, you wrote to one of the craze. I thought it can't be true. I mean, out of all the people who wouldn't write to the craze, you know, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, in light of the spending cuts announced yesterday, what do you think they'll mean for you? You can uh, tweet LBC973 or 84850. In light of the spending cuts announced yesterday, what do you think it'll mean for you? Better off? Worse off? Do tell us. Quarter past six. News headlines. Say this morning from seven. LBC 97.3. I talked yesterday to uh, James Blunt, who's going to be a future in conversation. What a charming man. Had two days of really, really nice people. Gokwan, yes. who we did last week. Some lady sent me in something, and I can't do it because he'd already, he'd, it only was sent yesterday. It arrived today. He'd already been and gone, I'm afraid. But James Blunt yesterday, charming. I mean, just charming. I mean, just... What, oh, he's going to be this Sunday, is he? James Blunt this Sunday. Absolutely. I think him and Bill, Bill Tarmy this Sunday. But he was char- I mean, charming. I can't... You know, oh, dear me. Anyway, still to come, the Duchess of, uh, of York... Uh, obviously completely forgotten about the fact she's got no money, living up the high life again, but that's uh, that's kind of, you know, closing your eyes, isn't it, and pretending you've got money, whereas, in fact, she's got diddly squat. And how much do comedians earn? Are they really laughing all the way to the bank? Answer? Yes, they are. Top of the list, I think, would be Michael McIntyre, who, I think, last year, I think, coined it to the tune of about £8 million. And that was just on sales of the DVD. Good, he's worth it. Yes, he is worth it. Although I watched funny. him being interviewed the other day. He's a bit of an irritating interview. You, you feel like, don't, don't do the act. Calm down. Calm mm. down a bit, you know. It doesn't really matter. But you never know, that might be what he's like. Yes, exactly, yes. Yes. Well, uh, anyway, uh, joining us now, our man in the front row with a huge bucket of popcorn, it's Roger Foss. Good morning, Steve. Yes, a huge bucket of... Popcorn and a pair of leg warmers this week, I think. Well, you need it, don't you? Because you you, you disappeared off to flash dance. I know. (laughs) And you can buy leg warmers in the foyer, amongst other things. Oh, you can't. The Chasbury Theatre. Yes, you can. £15 a pair. And I thought, well, it's so cold this morning, I could have done with them. So I'll have to dig out my old ones. From oh. the 1980s. Do you know, I used to walk into <laughs> LBC wearing leg warmers tucked into my boots. Oh, God, when I oh, think back, no. what a fashion faux pas that was. Well, I know, but you see, I suddenly thought watching Flash Dance, which, of course, the movie came out in 1983, and I thought, well, all these dance shows are 1980s, Footloose, uh, Dirty Dancing, Fame is 1980, mm. um, and they've all done well in the West End. Uh, and maybe the, the 1980s fashions are coming back, so I could dig out my old stonewashed jeans and... Don't, <laughs> don't, Roger, jackets. don't, please. And, and, and those awful jackets with uh, with your sleeves rolled up. Oh, grief. Oh, no. I know. I know. The, the, the funny thing is, we've all got this stuff. I've still got a wardrobe chock-a-block with it. I know, so have I. I, I just can't. I'm too old it. for wearing some of this stuff. I'm not saying that you get to 39 and you change your wardrobe. But but you have to. There are certain clothes that you cannot wear as a slightly older person. Well, that's true. But I'm going to hold on to all my 1980s stuff until it becomes fashion of antique value. Well, it does. <laughs> and if if you hang on to it, museums in years to come, in your case especially, uh, will be very keen to take it. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I'll leave it all to the V&A. Yes, because otherwise, <laughs> where do we get all these clothes from? And you see them sold at vintage clothing stores now. They're worth money. Over in Flashdance, though, uh, sad to say, didn't quite do it for you. Well, look, I, I was sat there at the Shaftesbury Theatre, packed with people. We got a standing ovation on the night I went. 
So I get a sneaking feeling that it, it will be a, a smash hit for the audience. But I felt like the only one there who didn't quite buy into it, because mm-hmm. you know the story about the... Well, it was Jennifer Beals. Yes, it was, and, uh, yes. Michael Nury, Jennifer Beals. She's the, uh, she's the steel worker uh, in, Pit- in Pittsburgh. So she, she does that by day, but she swaps her helmet and her goggles for leg warmers <laughs> by night and, uh, and, and does some exotic dancing at the local pole dancing club, mm. but dreams of going to ballet school. And, of course, she achieves her dream in the end. Well, um, I, I, you, you get all that story, of course, with a lot more added to it, I must say. Lots of drama, um, there's drug-taking and, and murder, too, and it's all very serious stuff, as well as all the dance. And, of course, we've got Arlene Phillips, who's choreographed it. Uh, yeah. But um, nevertheless, I didn't quite feel that this is really as exciting as the other shows that I mentioned. Footloose with Derek Half, absolutely brilliant stuff. <laughs> great story. Dirty dancing, still running in the West End. I mean, you know, you have your time of time of your life there. Fame, brilliant as, as a stage show. But somehow, Flash Dance for me didn't quite do it. And I think it's partly it's a it's a bit of an austerity budget. I'm sure. Because you know that great moment in the movie uh, when, when she, she gets drenched in water. She's sitting on the chair and gets drenched in water. And, of course, I do that's that. the poster. You do that. I do you? that. I do that in the shower every morning. I, that I get, yeah. I, I'm sitting on my little chair in the shower and I get dre- and yeah. I flick my hair back again and then yeah. nearly do myself in. It's a wig. It's a wig. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good I look. Do- <laughs> Your wig goes down the plug holes. I know. Terrible. I know. So, so they, 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 they do all this, do they? Well, the, that, that big moment I, uh, comes at the end of Act One, and I, if you blinked, you missed it, because it, it's almost as if she just sits in the chair and suddenly a watering can comes over the top and there's a few trickles of water. I didn't quite get that, and I just got the feeling that somewhere along the line this is a bit of a kind of low-budget show yeah, for, a, um... for a West End show. And when you compare the stuff that is around at the moment, well, maybe you go and choose to see some of the other shows. I don't know, but the right. audience liked it. I didn't... I, I, I liked uh, Victoria Hamilton Barrett, who, who plays the uh, girl, Alex Owens, and she's a, a fantastic dancer, and there's some great dancing in it, too. I suppose if you like body popping and all of that stuff, and Arlene Phillips, of course, knows what she's doing. But I, I've got to say the the juvenile lead or the romantic lead, the boss of the factory where she works, who becomes her boyfriend, played by Matt Willis, Willis. from uh, Busted. Yeah. I, I just thought, well, they, they haven't given him any songs. He doesn't do any dancing. Oh. He's not really very good at acting in this. Oh, I wonder really quite what he was doing there. Well, he was um, there, presumably, because nobody knew anybody else was, so they put him in as the, as the name. As the name, but yeah. is this a name? Is this a name? Well, if he doesn't sing and he doesn't dance and his acting... I mean, he has no acting ability, as far as I know. He was just the bloke who stood and jumped up and down and busted. I I didn't really see any more there, I'm afraid. No, I I thought, well, that's a bit of a letdown, really, because you do expect... I mean, you know, the girls want a bit of sexual uh, energy there, I think, as well as um, seeing somebody doing well uh, in a kind of Billy Elliot story, almost, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, you know, a girl who, who, who wants to do well at ballet um, and succeeds in her dream. So um, I suppose there's a lot going for it uh, in terms of, uh, of of dance. And if you like Strictly Come Dancing and if you like all those kind of dance shows on telly, well, there's lots of movement on stage, lots of frantic movement up there. But mm. uh, 
I think the story has to really hold it together, and for me, it didn't quite do it. Yeah. But there you are. Oh, well. Um, a bit of a flash in the pan, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, so flash dance, not doing it, not, you know, we expect a little bit better in uh, London, I'm afraid, but you cannot, but I, I, I don't mind somebody going in who maybe is not too experienced, but to be honest, to put somebody into a show for the sake of putting somebody into a show maybe could be a mistake. Well, I think so. I mean, look, you know, there has to be life after boy bands, doesn't there, for a, yes. for a lot of people. Um, and some people can do it on stage, mm. uh, others can't, and... Uh, uh, Matt Willis, I thought, well, busted, but uh, is he busted on stage? OK. <laughs> so, uh, OK. Very, very quickly, um, uh, Figaro in the Barber of Seville. Oh, oh, look, the Barber of Seville. The Barber of Seville, actually called the Barber of Salisbury. This is fantastic. Now, this is good fun. The King's Head Theatre, which was in, is, is in, in Islington, you know, a theatre at the back of the pub. Yes. Um, it was London's first ever fringe venue. It opened... Years and years ago, Dan Crawford opened it, didn't he? American came to London. It's now been turned, since Dan died a few years back, it's now been turned into London's first small opera house by a company called Close Up Opera. And uh, they've got Jonathan Miller supporting this and as uh, one of the patrons, uh, along with uh, Joanna Lumley and Tom Stoppard and Janie D, all supporting this. And Mark Ravenhill, the playwright, and uh, the Barbara Seville is close-up opera. Uh, don't, there's no orchestra. It's the back of a pub with somebody on the old Joanna playing all this Rossini music. Aww. Real opera singers, absolutely brilliant opera singers. They've changed the story and set it in Regency uh, Salisbury. Quick, 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 and Roger! I've got to finish. Hilariously funny. So it's close-up opera and big voices. Big bodies, big songs, and great fun. Excellent. We like that. So, uh, a thumbs down for Flash Dance, but thumbs up at the King's Head for uh, the Barber of Seville. And incidentally, check out on the internet the uh, Laurence Olivier Awards. They're still keen to get members of the public to join them. Roger, we talk next week. Okay, Steve. Well, on second thoughts, we won't talk next week. It'll be the week after, because I'm not here. I'm in Los Angeles. I'll tell you about that later. All right. Speak to you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. There you go. Roger Foss joining us on the programme. Uh, more of your texts and emails coming up. News headlines all ahead of us this Thursday morning. Don't forget, Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning on LBC. Uh, Mehdi Hassan is the paper reviewer today. It's all the government. It's all the government. Uh, if we're so broke, uh, the foreign uh, aid bill must be cut too. I'll just cut benefits. I think you could That's save us more fortune. That's what I don't understand, is yeah. why they've ring-fenced the foreign aid bill. Now, mm. I know that we've got to give foreign aid, but surely charity begins at home, doesn't it? And we need the NHS and, and other services. Shouldn't Do you know, we, we send so much money first? overseas for people who claim for children, but they don't, they're, they're not here, they're mm. overseas, so we send it all overseas. Well, you know, it's, it, there's lots of speculation as well that, that a lot of money we send abroad doesn't reach... The, the destination oh, the corruption supposed is supposed to go to. So why don't we cut that instead of just sending... Um, there's, there's one place I've got in mind, but, you know, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Strange. In light of the spending cuts, do you think... It, what, what, what would it mean for you? 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk or lbc973. If I won 113 million, says Laura, I'd share it between my brother and sister and give some to charity, but I wouldn't go public... How do you share 113 million with your brother and sister? What, like, sort of 
20 million each or something. I mean, it's life-changing, isn't it? Madness, says Laura. Uh, Steve, my pal did once win a bundle and he paid all his relatives' mortgage off the first Christmas. Changed all their lives. Tears all round. I know. You'd rather have the cash, wouldn't you? You know, who wants your mortgage paid off? <laughs> Mario says, I wouldn't go public. Give some to charity, relative or two, and then leave the country. You think they're going to kind of guess on that one? Where's Mario? He's not here. He's left the country. He lives in a massive house. Uh, minus three in Grinstead, East Grinstead, says Alan. Lizzie says, where's Nathan? Is he the lottery winner? No, you can't, you can't buy a ticket from out of town and be a winner. Now, they've got new rules and regulations on the website. You can't win in the Isle of Man now. You've got oh, to be nice. resident here, I think. Bob says, please correct that Enterprise is not a brewer. We didn't say it was. We said it's a controversial Enterprise Inns, Britain's biggest and most controversial pub company. We said that they sell beer to this lady, which is exactly what they do. So we didn't say it was a brewer. Uh, can you wish Bailey a happy seventh birthday from Bridget and David? Bailey, happy seventh. How lovely to be seven on a day like this. Tomorrow, snow. Weekend, probably rain again, I should imagine. Uh, the gritting lorry passed our house, says Sue, in Benfleet last night. It wasn't actually gritting. Looks like the council's getting ready for winter. Well, they won't be right, I tell you. Nobody will be prepared for it. We'll have, you know, with, there's a picture in the mail today of a lady in Inverness with snow all over her garden, her ponies. It looks lovely. But it could have been last year's picture. <laughs> uh, wish Mum Barbara a very happy birthday. Avid fan, listens most mornings. And that's from Deborah, Andrew, Emma, Jody, and Rosie. Our Westie shares her birthday. And Mario is back again with a sweet potato pie. He says, try that. It's 100 times tastier than pumpkin pie. Sweet potato pie. I'm not sure about sweet Can't potatoes. Isn't that, isn't that yams? Are yams sweet potato? No, oh, they, it's completely different. different. They look the oh, same. Oh, right. They oh, look the know. same, but they're not oh, do the they? same. Oh, yeah. Well, similar. Not that kind of thing. I did mention earlier that uh, the debt yeah, plague Duchess of York is living the high life again. She's invited 20 celebrity pals. Why you'd want to hang around with a bankrupt, I've got no idea. I mean, this woman's got no concept of money whatsoever. It's ridiculous. Um, she admitted in the spring she owed five million... The guests downed pink champagne during a meal of haddock risotto. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Can't think of anything worse. Oh, haddock risotto. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can think of risotto, but not haddock risotto. Haddock risotto, if it's smoked, mm. is kedgeri, isn't Followed it? Followed by cheesecake and birthday cake. Don't eat it, Sarah, you'll get fat. But knowing her, she probably got it sponsored, so I should imagine most of it came free. Naomi Campbell was there, along with Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie. A royal insider said she's not exactly behaving like someone who was staring bankruptcy in the face just weeks ago. She was drinking fizz with chum. Well, she's got no idea. She's a child. She's, you know, she might be in an adult's body, but she's got no concept of not having money. A bit like the Queen Mother. The Queen Mother didn't have any concept of it. She just assumed the money was always there. So she had a huge overdraft. And uh, Sarah Ferguson, I believe that Andrew, very kindly, has paid to get her Bentley repaired. How sweet. How sweet. Poor old Andrew. Probably just, I was desperately worried in case she writes a book, I should imagine. My Life in the Royal Family by Sarah Ferguson. Oh, don't give her ideas. Who wasn't invited to Christmas any year because the Duke of Edinburgh hated her, apparently. <laughs> so, you can understand it, can't you? I mean, quite clearly think she's very intelligent, but not very intelligent when it comes to money, which is rather a shame. Uh, Paul. Steve, a Leicester woman turned a photo of her mother-in-law into the world's largest toast mosaic. Oh, I like that. Using a staggering 9,852 slices of bread. Laura Hadland roped in 40 friends to make the massive mosaic out of 600 loaves. They used nine toasters to brown the bread at varying degrees before arranging it to make the 32 feet by 42 feet picture of her mother-in-law's face. After spending six hours painstakingly Perfecting the image, Laura and friends surprised her husband, Mike Hadland's mother, Sarah Whitfield, with the unusual portrait to celebrate her 50th birthday. 
The enormous image, created in Sandra's hometown of Warrington, Cheshire, set a new Guinness World Record title for the largest toast mosaic. Oh, that nice. It's good, isn't it? Not bad. I'm always envious of anybody who has a who has a skill in designing or art. Remember that guy who made things that were in, in the eye of a needle. Oh yes, he did the, these little the guy tiny... in Birmingham. Yeah, yes, unbelievable. Clever, isn't it? Yes, and the detail. Yes, I never understand why you'd want it, but you know, you go, would you like to have a look at this? And you go, what is it? And you go, it's a needle. But have a look at it through a magnifying glass. Oh look, there's a picture of the Virgin Mary in the middle yes, of it. Or the Simpsons. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, it's quite... he did do one with the Simpsons. Latest thing for the Bush Tucker trials. It's going to be uh, the latest delicacy, crocodile's bottom. Apparently, that's the only thing they haven't eaten out there, so they've now said that's it. They say that Linford Christie's been signed up. I don't know why they're making such a big deal about Linford Christie. He's an ex-runner. What's the, you can't run anywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, are we expected to see some sort of personality change? They've also said that probably Lizzie Cundy, another dreary person, I'm afraid, and Gail Porter could be going in. Mm. I mean, really, I think they might be scraping the barrel this year, which is a shame. And uh, Christine Bleakley, apparently, has been touring Northern Ireland... Uh, looking at wedding destinations with Frank Lampard. It's lovely. <laughs> Better to have one career, I suppose, than sort of no career at all. <laughs> and it's all going to be kicking off in Coronation Street as Beverly Callard leaves uh, after 21 years. She's been, she's been in and out. And, of course, she's been ill, and uh, we talked to her. It now turns out that there's going to be all sorts of things going on with Rosie Webster, one of the world's worst actresses, as far as I'm concerned. The 50th anniversary, isn't it's it? It's the 50th yeah. anniversary. I did say, and they, they appear to have picked up on my idea, when I've spoken to people, what? <laughs> I was the one who said that what they should do, when they bring all the people back at the end, they should have them superimposed over the people in the pub. And luckily, the producer was listening and thinks it's a very good idea. So there you go. And also, there's going to be a small Toby jug in the corner looking for somebody to play that, Amanda. I just wonder whether or not you'd be free that day. Anyway. <laughs> Alex says, if I had all that money, I've left the country already and I'd be starting a new life where nobody knew anything about me. You don't think the local bank's going to give in to the fact you've got 113 million deposited in your account? Mm. So it's going to get out, isn't it? Of course it will. Somebody, because the papers have already started saying, tell us, you know, if you know the winner, tell us. And there's always a reward. You know, if you find out the papers, go, listen, I know exactly who it is and you're going to love this story. You know, it's worth 5,000 quid. They would pay for that. Mm. But then, that, because if somebody won the money, you're not going to get any peace. That's the problem. That, that is the, you know, Actually it is. the country. Yes. Uh, Paula says, uh, I'm so shocked, Q crying. I can't believe Roger didn't like Flashdance. I loved it, but Matt Willis's pants in it. <laughs> so Matt Willis gets a thumbs down, I'm afraid. But that's the trouble. You know, the, the, the show might be good. But if one person lets it down, that was your abiding memory. But if you love the film, then you, you'd like it anyway. We I'm said looking... a few weeks ago it was a bit of a strange choice. We did think. But he, he, he neither fits a stereotype of a, of a West End boy hmm. or, or of anybody who dances because he just jumped up and down and I never thought he was a singer. So, which plainly isn't. Which he plainly isn't because he doesn't sing in the thing and he only dances briefly at the, uh, at the end. So, and, it's, and it's not very good at all, I'm afraid. So, uh, uh, Will says, had, this is Prince, Prince William, had more ice on the car this morning, Steve. Temperature's minus one. It's, it's going to get cold. It is going to get very cold. I'm telling her to take loads of warm things to Los Angeles. I just want to see her get off the plane in the heat with a, th with a thick jumper on. Oh, she's, mm. a, she's been ch able to it's, check. It's not hot in Los Angeles this Sorry? time of year. It's 
It's not hot. No, it's though. not hot. It'll be it'll be balmy. It'll be warm. No, not even balmy. Not even balmy. No, about seventy. Seventy. Warm. Oh, that's okay. Seventy and old money. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she, she's yet to find out that I spend a lot of time walking around in a string vest and a pair of shorts that don't fit properly. So uh, that'll that'll shock her a little bit, I would think. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning. They're talking about the comprehensive spending review, of course, the losers. They'll be talking to a mum who'll lose benefits under CPS. Uh, looking at the pound, Lord Digby Jones will join as well, the Coalition Minister Jeremy Hunt, who's the Culture Secretary. Plus, they'll be looking at the people who win, uh, the winners on international aid, which is what we said a moment ago about the international aid. Uh, plus, um, they'll be taking your thoughts as well. Is it good news for divorcing couples or bad news for women? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. Apparently, former porn star Heather Mills is to come unstuck on the adult cartoon Family Guy. I've never seen Family Guy. Family Guy is very. Is it very good. funny? It's, well, it's it, it's kind of socially observant. Yes. And funny at the same time. Yeah. Oh right. Well, she she features in a flashback scene. Peter, who is the show's obnoxious hero, is seen attempting to flirt with her. He ends up playing footsie under the table and knocks a false leg off. Is it that kind of show? Is it? Is it? Oh, it's that kind it of is, show. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's very very. Un-PC. Un-PC. Oh, yeah. right. Yes. I've never watched it. Oh, you will now. I've never watched it. Here's a picture of Kerry Katona and her mother. Mm, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, put it I don't, what can you say? That That's the mother. Okay. I know. So, I mean, the only good thing about her is the fact her tattoos are all spelt correctly. So, uh, so good news there. And Darren Day is in Hollyoaks playing a bad boy. He says he likes playing bad boys. He certainly had his fair share of... Uh, I what happened to him. What, Darren Day? Darren Day. Well, he, he, he got married... Yes. And then he moved out of London, and, and then he lost an ina- enormous amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember what happened after that. I need to check. I bumped into him a short, uh, short while ago. All right. Uh, Cheryl Cole, as I say, she's had... Uh, if, if Madame Two Swords ever want to get publicity for a show, they just pick on a, a semi-famous celebrity, and they put them on there, and then they get loads of coverage. It's not so much that... I mean, they aren't interested in Cheryl Cole per se. They're interested in Madame Two Swords is still here. And we get free publicity by unveiling Cheryl Cole's statue. But it's not, it's not accurate. She's mm. got uh, tattoos on the back of her legs, which she's had done recently. And so as if to emphasise them, the, uh, the girl with all the class in the world decided to wear a very, very, very short skirt to show the tattoos, which are just underneath her bottom. Mm. Apparently it's the sign of the ox. I can't help feeling, since it changed hands... It's gone down. What, Madame Tussauds? Yes. Well, strangely enough, yesterday, I write to Joe Malone to complain about their online ordering system, mm-hmm. and, and I get a letter back from Estee Lauder. Now, have I missed something? Do, do Estee Lauder own Joe Malone now? I think they do. Yes, I have a horrible feeling you're right, but they, they hang on to the, the name. But uh, with a most peculiar day, most peculiar day. Quarter to seven. <laughs> Headline Sam Pittis. Ferrari and have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Why is it everybody's got funny spellings on their names? There's a guy in the X Factor called Paige Richardson. P-A-I-J-E. Oh, like I we had know. a girl the other day, Tracy. T-R-A-T-R-E-Y-C. Yeah. Tra- what are these people? Affected. Oh, terribly affected. I find it most peculiar. It's just not normal spellings. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's modern people. And uh, Bellamy Babe, Sophie Wardman, sadly not a babe, I'm afraid. In fact, looking fairly ancient in these old pictures the Daily Star have dug up. Uh, they found a set of saucy snaps. Uh, Sophie, 23, yeah, right, uh, took part in a magazine photo shoot after she appeared on Channel 4's reality show Shipwrecked. Also in the interview, Potty Mouse Sophia also teased, I think I've got a mild form of Tourette's. 
I think the band will be kicked out this week, ladies and gentlemen. I think really too old and too past it. And uh, also, this kind of thing, it just shows a bit of act of desperation, Sophia, I'm afraid, dear. So I think you probably killed your own band. But there you go, we weren't, you weren't really a proper band at all, were you? Uh, Paul. Steve, the story here about two police community support officers. Oh, They ordered this... a yacht club to be evacuated after spotting a cobra only to discover it was a rubber toy. The PCSOs raised the alarm after spotting the Cobra curled around the handlebars of a bicycle. They cleared the area around Thorpe Bay Yacht Club in Southend-on-Sea, Essex, while they called in expert help. Staff at the Essex Police Control Room rang up specialist Ian Newby, owner of the Dangerous and Wild Animal Rescue Facility in nearby Great Wakering. Mr Newby said, I grabbed all the kit I thought would be necessary to protect myself from a venomous snake, including a snake hook and my steak stick, which I need to grab the snakes to stop them biting. I spotted the officers beside the yacht club boatyard, and when they said it was a rubber model, I must admit I laughed, and said if I could keep the uh, the snake. Despite the blunder, Mr Newby praised the PCSOs for their quick thinking. Oh. There you go. Actually, there were some policemen out the other day. They were sent out by the local force to pick up supermarket trolleys. What? You would think that the police force have got more than enough on their hands without having to do the work of the uh, over-rich supermarkets, and they could send their own people out to get trolleys. But apparently it was part of community spirit, we're told. Oh, really? Never anything so daft I in my entire life. cutbacks. Well, I guess apparently not. Uh, Osborne is going to uh, target as you said before, the benefit cheats. Mm. I've yet to see it in any action whatsoever. We can't do anything else. But the budgets in the public sector, 490,000 jobs will be axed. In welfare, £7 billion of cuts. In Whitehall, the cuts doubled. Uh, six billion. They were going to do three billion. Now six billion. I mean, it's a huge raft across there. Government savings across the government departments, 19 percent. I know somebody works for a, a government department. And they've lost two people. They're not going to be replaced. And they've asked for voluntary redundancy from a couple of people. Uh, in the Treasury, the budget, budget slashed 33%. I was amazed to discover the other day that when they were talking about the defence cuts and axing of the Art Royal mm -hmm. and, and then the axing of MOD staff, 250,000 could be axed. How many people are working for the MOD? Yeah, there seems to be I more thought. people working for them than actually serving on the front line. Yeah, that's exactly the reaction I got. But we, we, we don't appear to have anything. If anybody wants to invade us now, we don't, we don't have any ships now that can launch aircraft. Mm. Ark Royal was it. But Ark Royal was, was uh, slated to be retired anyway. It's not Can't they do something? What will they do with it? What are they going to do with yeah. it? They'll probably break it up. Oh, dear. Or it could be a museum. Museum, tourist attractions, make some money out of it. Yeah. Uh, retirement, the age will rise to 66. Bad news for you, isn't it, Amanda? There you go. 66. You see, I don't have a problem with the retirement age at 66. I don't know why. Do people look forward to retirement? I would think so, oh, yes. Do they? Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, well, there you go. Because I know a lot of people, well, you know, past 66, they have no intention of retiring. They like the work attitude. Some people, when they retire, they're not prepared for it. Hmm. And, they, and they sit there going, what should we do? Oh, perhaps we'll get an allotment. I don't think so. Well, there is a story about an allotment in the papers today. There is one people... They don't know what the measures mean to them. Nobody knows what the measures mean to them. They just... All people care about now, it's like the budget. Are we going to be better off or worse off? Are cigarettes going up? Is booze going up? Is car tax going up? We know that the licence fee is frozen. 
Yes. But people don't know until they experience it whether or not it's going to be better or not. I don't know anybody who sat down and worked this out. Are you better off or worse off, Paul? Oh, I'm probably going to be worse off like everybody else. Exactly. We're all going to be worse. I don't think anybody's going to be better off unless you're somebody on benefits who, who doesn't care anyway. You still get your benefits paid. But I think That's we the only should remember thing. why they have to do this. They have to do it because we're deep in debt. Yes. We, we, we ain't got no money in the coffers and we want to get some money in. I mean, I think it's the most draconian measures... That I've ever seen. I, I mean, we're all going to feel the effect of it. I think their hands are forced. I really do. You know, we know we're going to see the rise. I was talking to the doctors yesterday. We're going to see a huge rise in about five years' time of diabetes. All these young people now eating all this cheap garbage food out there. And it is cheap food. You've only got to go around Leicester Square to realise the sort of places that are open. And you look at it and you think... This, and they, they agreed that the drain on the NHS through diabetics and all this food at the moment... It's like when we were younger. You can eat anything. Don't put on weight. Now... You see much bigger kids, they're all smoking, they're all drinking. You know, there's going to be a huge rise in this and somebody's got to pay for it. And the person who's paying for it is you. So they'll, they'll be cutting back. But actually, on the subject of allotments, there was an allotment that made all the papers today. They've started asking people their sexual preferences to get an allotment. What? Seriously, they, they want to know whether or not you're, you're gay or straight before they give you an allotment. I never actually thought people <laughs> worried about that before. Well, they, 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 they just want to know what your what your sexual preferences are, I'm afraid. This Camden Council, perhaps. I don't know. Well, it just says here, they were asked if they were gay in a Barmy Equality questionnaire. They were also asked whether or not they were vegetarian. They're asked all these questions. Fred Hyde, from Baltimore Allotments Association, said it's a damned intrusion. Why do these people want... He doesn't talk like that. Why do they want to know? All they're doing is trying to grow some fruit and vegetables. Alison Lewis from Lincoln City Council said it helped them to plan services. The equality and diversity form is completely optional, she said. <laughs> Can you imagine? Excuse me, are you a gay allotment owner? What sort of vegetables will you be growing? We don't want any odd-shaped leeks, thank you very much indeed. I don't know that malarkey. That's right. I mean, I don't know many gay people who do grow on allotments, but I'm sure they're all there secretly. Gay masquerading as... grow on allotments. <laughs> not grow on allotments. <laughs> they grow. <laughs> you can... I think a lot of the pensioners there are a bit suspect. <laughs> uh, Connie says, it's my birthday today. My biggest wish is to have an LBC diary. Well, go and order it. It's on Amazon. They were launched yesterday. Uh, Chris says, yes, Joe Malone was taken over by Estee Lauder a few years ago. Uh, Joe and her husband, Gary, work on new ventures. Good. Well, I, I just wanted to know, because I did write to them saying that the new website is rubbish. Mm. I, can't, I cannot, you know, go through the, the system at all. I can't actually get to checkout. And when I spoke to the woman yesterday, she was completely unhelpful. It's a trouble when they go under big companies now. Uh, Steve, it's too cold to get out of bed. Can I use it as an excuse to call in sick? No. I'm sure people will be, won't they? I'm sure. How many frontline politicians will be axed, says Reg? Hardly any. <laughs> Hardly any. None. Although, with a bit of luck, we could be imprisoning some for lying about their expenses. So there's a whole raft of people there yes, which you could be go fun. for. So, uh, be warned today. Yes, there's some good news. There's some good news, but most of it's not good news, I'm afraid. Yes, the good news is, the day after it's launched, Gordon Brown's book has been reduced from £20 to £11.99. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Result. So you can save money by buying Gordon Brown's book. There you go. Actually, the, the nice thing is that in uh, there is one particular... Poundland shop that has to reduce its uh, name now to the 85 pence shop <laughs> because an 89 pence shop came in over the road. So they've had to cover over their signs with 85 pence because the two guys running it say our, our claim is that we're the cheapest shop in the area. So you can see a battle very shortly. The 50 pence shop 
Because it's going to get like that. There's going to be cheaper and cheaper food out there, and it's always rubbish. It's yes. rubbish. It's going to be full of all the wrong fats and everything. It's really bad for you. Well, I've always said we should we should push for better, not for cheaper. Absolutely, and that's why Paul will be back with us the week after next. I shall. Because he is better and not cheaper. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. She'll be back as well. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's really cheap, actually. In fact, it's even cheaper than you imagine. <laughs> so, listen, have a nice day. Go to the LBC website, check out the diary, check out the podcasting, make sure you start stockpiling and doing everything for Christmas, because we're here as well. Nick and the team with you after... Oh, thank you. After the, <laughs> after the news at seven, first of all, the business update with Sam Pittis.